This is Kari Gale. And this is Tony Critz. Welcome to the Pilgrim Lost Podcast, a space for those who wander and wonder. Okay. Hi. <laughs> Why am I always like sort of like startlingly, I've been startled when you say that when we start mm-hmm. recording. All right. It is, it is the month of March. Almost. No, it's leap year day. Well, it is right now, but. When people are listening to this, it'll be the month. Oh, have that's to remember true. <laughs> that we don't. It doesn't immediately. I'm very publish. in the present moment. You're Tony. very present. I love that about you. I just came from yoga, so I'm very in the here, very, in the now. You're very in your body. That's, that's right. Yesterday is a mystery, and tomorrow, or yesterday is history, and tomorrow is a mystery. Oh. But today is a gift. That's why we call it the present. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's um, wonderful. It's wisdom from a kung fu panda. Really? Is that from a Disney movie? Well, I'm sure it's from way before that, but I got it from Kung Fu Panda because so, I have children. Well, there you go. I mean, t- I'll take wisdom in any form. So it's a uh, it's a rainy Saturday afternoon here in Portland, Oregon. Um, Car, you just came from yoga. The reason Did. I know that is because I picked you up <laughs> and drove you home so you didn't have to walk in the rain because that's what friends do. Thank you, Tony. You're I actually welcome. really appreciated that. I'm kind of, it's it's funny because I'm kind of a one-way bus girl. Does that make sense? And that I'm fine taking the bus someplace, but I don't really <laughs> want to take it home. <laughs> so I strategize on how to organize my life so I only have to do the bus one way. Reasonable. So, yeah. How's the tea? It's good. I, I steeped it a little more. We're trying the, this is my, this has been my replacement for coffee since I got off caffeine. It is called, it is the Dao of tea, red bush chai. Okay. And with a little um, non-dairy coconut almond creamer and honey in it. It's lovely. Hmm. It's Thank lovely. you. It has really been... It's like it's like liquid comfort food. Exactly. I actually have been really grateful for it because it's really replaced coffee in my life. So. Did you want to say anything else about yoga? Well, I actually... You were asking me on the way over here. I was like, is this a new thing? I said, well, yeah, it's like this week new. <laughs> really new. This is my, this. Okay, so I, I actually was remembering that I took quite a bit of yoga when I was living in Spain this last time. And uh, my body has been uh, really stiff, old feeling lately. I have some significant hip and back problems that I've been dealing with and really just overwhelmingly feeling like I need to get into yoga to Mm. stretch, to move. But I think we talked about many, many pods ago now about kind of that feeling of feeling a little bit like an outsider when walking into a yoga class. Oh my gosh. It's so scary. And today I was late. So of course... I walk in and it's a smaller room than I, so I I went for my very first time on Wednesday. And the reason why I went on Wednesday is Tom, our lovely guest from our last pod. That's right. Tom. He invited me to ClassPass. Are you familiar with ClassPass? Mm -mm. So it's an app and you sign up and you get basically a pass or a number of credits and it can go to really any gym or any, you can go to dance places, you can go to silks, you can go to yoga you can go to pilates or spinning and it kind of gives you it 
it really it's really designed for someone who's new to a city and kind of wants to find their their groove um wow yeah and if i invite you i get credits credits and you get like a free uh a free 29 dollars right off the bat it's kind of a cool deal so i got a handful of classes for free since he invited me and he got a handful of classes for free so it's kind of a it's kind of a great deal. So I've been went to a few yoga classes on this class pass, and he invited me to a class he was doing at Fire Firelight Yoga. I thought it was Firefly, but that's not it. Firelight Yoga, and um, I went to the Gentle Flow class on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, you have to go to the gentle, gentle something, <laughs> the slow, the the something. That's uh, those are the classes I have to go to because if I go to the regular yoga classes, I get my butt kicked so hard, and oh. I feel like an idiot the whole time. Like there are two moves ahead of me, and I'm still trying to unknot myself from the like two moves back. And I completely agree with you. I so anything that's like slow or chill, you know, stretch and chill, or yeah, 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 yeah. you know, I think. My favorite position is the one where you just like lay, lay on flat the... <laughs> with your head on the on the the like the, the child's pillow pose, yeah, or or, or, or or happy baby. Happy I do baby. like happy baby. I must admit, <laughs> I love the names of the poses. Uh, but it was so I went on Wednesday, and there was this incredible teacher, and I was in such pain when I went in, and when I left the studio, I haven't. I've been trying acupuncture and massage. And chiropractic, and it's. I had just reached a point where I wasn't getting any relief from any hmm. of them. So, go to this class. I walk out. I, for the first time, am not in pain for probably. It's been like two or three weeks, and uh, and not only, I feel like some of these, all of those other um, things can be healing. But for some reason, right now, they're like a temporary relief. Hmm. And for me, yoga feels like something that could move me towards sort of permanent healing. Yeah, yeah. And so this idea that I could go in in the gentle flow class, and I actually felt normal there. I didn't feel... Part of the thing, too, and you will totally understand this, is because of our height... Yeah, they stick no you hiding. in these small rooms and yeah, there's no hiding and you and you you know they're they're like extend your arms and you're smacking someone's head or right. your feet hit the wall and you can't really move and uh this particular class they had limited this they limit this you know the amount of people that can go in and um i just i felt so uh i felt a lot of release and it not just in my hip so i'm sitting there doing yoga and suddenly I, I, I felt all of this like emotion start to bubble up and I'm going through some family stuff right. and I just wanted to just lay my, so I'm like laying my head down on the mat and the tears are starting to pour down. I'm thinking, oh. gosh, darn it. I'm yeah. going to have to get up and get a Kleenex. <laughs> so I like, I like held it in, but I couldn't hold it oh, in. Don't hold it in. Well, especially this, you know, these movements, they're just like, you know. Yeah. I was, it was intense. I, I, um, I felt like I had a therapy session, uh, not just for my hip, but for like my mind, my heart. Um, so it was, it was really good. And I was definitely like, I'm coming back. Okay. So what was the name of that app again? Class pass. Class pass. Um, there's several out there, but this is the one that I'm using. Okay. 
yeah, kind of skipping to the end of the pod a little bit, we're going to talk some about sort of some of the practical stuff that we're doing right now. And that's interesting to me. I'm going to look into that just mm. on a practical standpoint, but we will get to that later. Don't do it on your own. I'll, I'll recommend you and then oh, I can. Oh, yeah, okay. Because <laughs> I want the free <laughs> I credits. I want the free stuff. I'm going to go through Tom. No. I like Tom better. Tom already has, like, he was just telling me yesterday, is <laughs> like 60 credits stored up. He just oh. keeps recommending everyone. So I do. Of course. I, I, he is a maven that way. He is. Yes. Okay. So it's interesting that this moment in time, this yoga is, is happened because I've been thinking about it for a really long time, but the, 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 the ironic thing or the serendipitous thing, whichever way you want to look at it is that yoga is very much a form of meditation. Yes. And it's interesting because I think in the past, I've always thought of meditation as something that you do being very still like when you were younger right yes when i when i was younger and i thought of it and as i've come to understand or something that like really spiritual people do yes they're really serious people those are the ones who do meditation they cross their legs they sit under a tree and they're very quiet and you don't disturb them animals like them yes i think i saw that in a movie once it was I think it was when Keanu Reeves was, was, wasn't there that movie about him being like the Buddha? I really have no idea what you're talking about. Oh. I wish I could jump in. Well, I think there was a movie. It was very long. But I do remember him sitting under a tree and he was meditating and animals were coming up to him. Okay. So there you go. You're proven correct. But uh, the, the thing is, is I didn't start doing this yoga because this month is... We have a theme this month, and the theme that we decided on a few months back was yeah. meditation. Yeah, four months ago, we decided we gave each month a theme. Yeah, and March was meditation. Yeah, March meditation. It kind Perfect. of went together, but I decided to start yoga this week, and I realized, oh my gosh, I'm gonna I'm starting this practice that I want to continue, and it's actually starting right in this moment in time. So I thought that was really lovely, and. Um, and it, it sort of just happened. Well, it happened in the sense that, I, I mean, I had to take the steps to go do it, but it's been sitting there for a while, and it just happened that I was like, this week is when I'm going to go do this thing. Hmm. Now, have you been continuing your yoga practice at all? You know, for those who have been listening since the beginning, that I did yoga for a minute. Was it just a minute? That's the end of the story. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's all right. Yeah. But again, we'll... We're going to talk about practical stuff. So this this whole meditation. So meditation is the theme, and yeah. we have um, we have an exciting guest for our next podcast around the topic of meditation. Do you want to talk about that for a yes. second? Yes, I'm super excited. We are super excited to be inviting a friend on the podcast who many of you might know or have heard of. His name is Scott Erickson, and he's an incredible artist. Woohoo! Um, I love how his Instagram um, lists him as a curator of awesomeness because really that's what he does. He is an artist. He is uh, has incredible uh, like performance art shows that he's done uh, all around the country. He has been an artist in residence in many, many churches. He has an incredible... He, it, his feed on Instagram is one of my very favorites. Um, it's always an incredible piece of art. His art is very... Um, and. I'm not going to go into this too much today because we'll get to hear it right from Scott, but it really has this iconic feel in the sense that he uses iconography to really 
communicate and and just kind of flip message and visual on its head. So we'll talk more about that next next time. But I'm super excited to get to talk to him about really our topic and about how he's sort of engaged in that. And one of the things that um, he has written with a another um, a collaborator, Justin McRoberts, is a writer. So he, Scott and Justin, have done a couple books of prayer. Um, and I actually have one sitting right here. And actually, you, you have topped me because you have two. I have, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Did you want to read something? Well, I was just, I'm just going to say that, so this, this particular book is called Prayer. The first one that they've written was, is called Prayer of 40 Days of Practice. And, um, you have the second one, which is called May It Be So. May It Be So. And that is 40 Days with the Lord's Prayer, which I don't have that one yet. So, um, we'll talk a little bit more about that as well. Yeah. So the reason that as we made a list of 12 themes for the year, meditation came up because it's such a central part of being a pilgrim. Uh, anyone, uh, and again, we talk about pilgrimage both as something that one might do going on a long trek, say, on the community of Santiago, or as something that we strive to be every day of life in the everyday. And meditation is a huge part of going on the Camino de Santiago, wouldn't you say? Yeah. And, and again, going back to that thought process of what I envisioned meditation to be when I was younger, yeah. uh, I think the Camino was really the first time, and Tom spoke a little bit about this last pod, this, the embodiment of walking and movement being a meditation. And for me, that was a revelation. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, was that, was that surprising for you to, because I've gone hiking and backpacking before, but somehow the length and the um, duration of the Camino engaged that in a different way. Well, I would say it woke up or crystallized something that can always be true, mm. but because of the discipline of the Camino de Santiago and the time, you're spending often four or five hours a day walking every day without a break. There's a there's an incredible way that the um, the rhythm and the consistency of that lifestyle like wakes up a meditative space, at least it did inside of me, that I, I hadn't experienced before. And and the ability to go deep on unexpected both thoughts and non thoughts. Yes, because the, the there's a point in the day when the racing of the mind just runs out of steam. Right. And normally we never find that. Right. Right? Because in a in our daily life that that's it was about the ten mile mark. For yes. Me. Yeah. I would say that too. For about that first ten miles, you you spin, you spin, you spin, and you spin on the same things you normally spin on. It might be different if you're traveling, but but then you literally can almost feel it kind of clicking down and then and you're and for a little bit of time your mind is desperate for something else to attach to right and uh then you go into that non-thought space how would you describe the non-thought space well it first of all there is this i was conscious that my brain stopped spinning like there was this very like like a chant, like a mantra, suddenly my brain would go into uh, 
a free and open open space but not um demanding it was not mm. a demanding space you know give me stimulus give me stimulus i not sensory something i need a i need a story to grab on you know that kind of thing but just like open and waiting and it was in that space where i would lose control of my thoughts mm. is what would happen and something would come in i, I to me i described it as from outside myself something an idea would come in from outside myself and I just couldn't let go of it. And I would just sit on that. Often it was a word or a person or a specific event in my past that my subconscious had been wanting to like bring forward as the way I felt it, you know, and mm -hmm. it would come forward and I would just sit and I would rest in it. And a lot of times the resting would lead to reconciling whatever that was or at least taking steps towards reconciling it. It's so like redefining it. It's so like a moment of pain in my past would come forward and I would just sit in it for like three hours. By the end, I would feel like I was sort of being hugged and caressed by this thing that had named me, named me in a negative way before that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I And actually, in some ways, I think it makes sense to me because I have engaged in that type of uh, like that length and I don't I don't want to attach it to that just that we had to walk 10 miles to get there but in some ways it's true in some ways there's this this um, it's almost like we can't you can't you can't skip to that part right. your brain doesn't let you and so for you to to have that space where you enter in, you really did need that full time period before to get to the point that the brain would allow that to come forward. Right. And then, and then that you could acknowledge it and move through it and then have some, some reconciliation, like you said. And then even beyond the walking, you would, you would arrive at a town. And again, you, the people arriving to the town that day were from cultures all over the world. There were people in their seventies and people in their twenties or people from, innumerable spiritual and religious backgrounds or, or disciplines but you'd arrive you get you get into your place you get a bed you'd wash your clothes and then like people would just go and they would go to the church and they would sit in the pews and through mass and like sit in silence again it's like you shouldn't you be tired of this you walked all day but then they would want more it's fascinating to witness this this life-giving experience of stilling the mind that really seems to feed the human soul. Mm. So. The, that, that idea of, of sort of just for me, discovering that movement could be a huge foundational piece of meditation. Right. Um, was, you know, was an epiphany that I brought back here. Right. And um, one of the things that to try to, to try to engage with walking in a, in a, in a space being in the everyday, you know, you talk about, you're one of, you actually walk more than any person I know now <laughs> around town. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I currently try to, I don't have a car at this moment. Um, I haven't had one for three years. I'm actually, here's a moment, a little, it's, it's, it's weird. It's a little moment of sadness. I'm actually, for a variety of reasons, I'm, I'm purchasing a car. You are. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. My sister and I are buying a car together. 
we're doing everyone looks at us they're like do you live together we're like no we live in different parts of the city but we're gonna car share because neither of us need it to commute and uh but we we need it for some family things and then Hmm. i also work uh one of my side hustles is wedding coordination and Mm. weddings are generally not within walkable distance of my house (laughs) and not necessarily on a max line no no so so yeah i'll have access to one but i'm really hoping that my mindset around walking uh doesn't shift because if i can walk somewhere if i have time i was having actually you know brunch with your wife yesterday yeah and i had time to walk home and it was a beautiful day yesterday just Mm -hmm. one of those days in portland that makes people move here unknowingly and uh you know, 30 minutes home and it was, it was walking around the city on a, on a gorgeous day is really one of my most happy times. Yeah. Can I tell you about a, something that happened recently to yeah. me around this topic? Yeah. Uh, or it was a while ago. Someone asked me if I practice meditation and it's somebody who's outside my religious tradition. Okay. And I said, I said, yeah, I've, I've practiced meditation my whole life, but where I come from, it's called prayer. Mm-hmm. And this person corrected me. They're like, no, no, prayer is something different. Prayer is not meditation. And we got into this really delightful conversation because I understood where, uh, where, where she was coming from. Because I think so often in religious circles... Prayer is taught as this very mental activity, this very intentional, like list reciting inside your brain activity. Mm-hmm. I'm going to list all the things I want God to do. Right. I'm going to list all the things that I need. I'm going to list all the people that I know that need something. It's a very cognitive mental activity. Yeah. And I just asked, I just said that and the person was like, yes, that's what prayer is. And I was like, I understand. Yeah. And I think that's what I was taught to do. Like, you know, keep a prayer journal and keep prayer lists and go through these lists while you're talking, quote unquote, talking to God or whatever. But somewhere along the lines, uh, my quote unquote prayer life became much more about emptying my mind, sitting more as a relational experience, Mm. like sitting with the creator, which is one of the reasons why being in nature is such a great way to quote unquote pray or meditate for me with my particular theological position i want to be with the creator and be and being amongst trees and flora and fauna makes it easier for me to sense the creator's presence to feel the breath of the creator as the as the breeze blows across my face to feel the presence of the creator as the as the birds are chirping and there's the sensation that life is springing all around me and creation is happening you know uh, ferns are fern spores are falling in the ground and rooting and cl- and climbing up out of the dirt is happening all around me and so there's this great sensation of being with yes and um, it's just I, that story just came to me and I just thought you know I think meditation is really screwed up our conversation around it because there's people who see it as being so woo woo that they want to go that's that's only for Buddhist monks or something. Yeah. And there's other people who um, who sort of deify a certain terminology that they do around a type of meditation that that um, 
maybe feels other people feel um like they don't they don't belong or they're excluded. they're excluded they're excluded from it yeah or whatever and and yet it really is such a human thing there's not a culture in the world that doesn't practice meditation in some way right there's not a religion in the world that doesn't practice meditation in some way there and uh and so anyway i just i just think I just think it's something that I want to be, as a 49-year-old man, I want to be more open to it. I want to be more open to understanding and and seeing the dynamic vocabulary and the dynamic metaphors around it that that humanity has discovered. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. One of the um, things that I think has sort of brought meditation into the this the greater... Um, Do you need your glasses? Did you drop did. them on I the floor? I glasses. There you go. Thank you. Um, you know, so many people have been exposed to the app Headspace. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'll be honest. Um, I haven't been very successful with Headspace. I do really like the man's voice. It's very charming. It's mm-hmm. an English accent. It's lovely. Very flowy. Uh, so I started listening. I downloaded Headspace. Um when I was in Peru a couple years ago, three years ago now, and when I was off traveling with not a lot to do, I did it on a regular basis, um, but was not able to keep up it for whatever reason, just didn't stick when I came back to Portland. But the one thing I really did like about it is it, because you you talk about this idea of it being woo-woo or, you know, the various the various sort of things that we put on it. Headspace has this lovely like cartoon characters about it. The the actual uh, branding of Headspace is very mm-hmm. sweet. It's these little funny characters, and they would have little videos that would explain pieces of meditation or or how to do meditation in this very funny way. So one of them that always sticks out at me is this little character and. The idea of meditating is if you're on a freeway, the freeway is your thoughts, all the cars going by, zooming by, zooming by. And this little character is like standing in the middle of the freeway. And then it says meditation is this. And it has the character hop over on the side to the little bench beside the road and sit and then just watch the thoughts go by. Not Mm -hmm. be, Mm. because in the first picture, he's sort of being running around trying to avoid the cars as all these thoughts swirl by. But meditation is really standing back and just allowing the thoughts to go by. Like that was the very, like the simplest form of Mm. explaining what meditation was versus like you said prior, like a, uh, in, in the concept of prayer, like a checklist or having to get things done, sort of a productivity type of an activity. Meditation is very much like you said. Or to critique and pick apart the thoughts. Right. Am I doing it right? Is this thing correct? Am I thinking correctly right now? Exactly. And, and. This was this is very much having no judgment on any of the thoughts and allowing them to just move by, whether it's a ships on a river or cars on a freeway. Right. Um, and I to me, that was very revolutionary hmm. for this, you know, a person who grew up very similar to you. Right. With um, with the idea that if I did sit down in what I would call prayer, I never did it right. I, I, and actually just right now, just saying that, that phrase, when I think of prayer, I have always typified myself as a person who can't, can't pray right. Correctly. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so just have someone say, well, meditation is not, there's no right or wrong. You just sit and sort of allow the thoughts to, to move through you. And in doing so, you, you take a breath and you're present with whatever's going on, but you allow it to move through you. And I thought that for me, that was, um, was profound, although clearly I didn't stick with the, the app and I'm not really sure why. No, no, but that, but that epiphany you've held on to. Yes. And I use, and I've taken that epiphany and, and, and for that, that thought process and p- put it into other parts of my life. I, one of the headspace things is you sit down and you, you're, you're immobile. And I really like the idea of, for me, the, the, this, this is going to be ironic, but the, the stillest I can be is when I'm walking. Right. Hmm. So my mind can still when my body's moving. If my body is not moving, I have a very hard time stilling my mind Hmm. because there's something about movement. And they've done so many. There's been books written about this and studies and scientific that if like the brain can function in a higher in a either number one, if you're trying to like go solve problems or think of things that you're just "Hmm." I'm, I'm sorry, I'm having all these thoughts. I'm just thinking about. Um, meditation practices where the person's like on their knees and they're bobbing as while they're doing it and keeping their body keeping rhythm or like um, in Islam there's a there's a there's a bowing and a returning and a bowing and a returning that happens during the during the times of prayer and I and um, I'm, I'm sure it happens across well, I was just in a yoga class and this very gentle flowing movement happened the whole way through right and it was but it felt like you're in that process and, and the teacher would, would speak words that were helping you to still your, your mind as your body was stretching and moving. And for me, that, that absolutely feels much more um, accessible than sitting still and, and trying to reach a, a space of feeling contemplative or meditative when I'm, when I'm completely still. So it makes sense, Kari that you are thinking about meditation. It may even make sense that you were somehow drawn into yoga in this particular season, this particular time of the year. Yeah. Because this happens, and I, this is going to maybe sound silly, but I'm kind of a mystic this way. Like I, I do believe that we're interconnected on a mystical level that all, all living things, but all humanity in particular is interconnected. And we do experience, um, we do experience uh, intertwined emotions and and motivations. Mm-hmm. So I googled religious seasons of meditation or something like that. Okay, what did you find? And this is what I found. So today is February 29th, right? Yes. February 26th is Ash Wednesday, the beginning of the season of Lent in the Roman Catholic calendar. Mm-hmm. Forty days of meditation. Uh, March 1st, which is tomorrow, it, uh, the Baha'i faith has a 19-day fast called Allah. Mm. March 2nd, the Orthodox Church begins its season of Lent, 40 days. So this probably when this podcast is coming out is going to be the beginning of Orthodox. It keeps going. Judaism on March 9th starts Purim. Hinduism on March 9th begins the Festival of Colors. Judaism on April 8th begins Passover. Uh, April 10th, uh, Catholicism begins Good Friday and Easter. 
Um, and then it just goes on and on. And there's like all these different faiths that through March and April set aside much of their calendar for, um, I keep going. There's another Baha'i one. There's another Judy, uh, Jewish one. Uh, uh, Ramadan begins in April mm. with Islam. Uh, Baha'i has two more in April. Uh, so it's just really, really for something about this particular time in the calendar, mm. people right now are thinking about meditation, centering, setting time aside. Anyway, I think that's very interesting. I think it's very interesting. And, well, I guess I would, there was just a little part of me that wanted to tie it to spring. This, you know, this rebirth, this newness that's coming forth and that we see maybe, you know, other parts of the world aren't experiencing spring in the way we are. But, right. but you know, you can't help it as you walk through the city. There's just this, this freshness and this newness. And, you know, the, as the winter ends and we start to um, edge into this season of new life, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm certainly, certainly that's tied to the, the Roman Catholic tradition of like Easter, death, life. Right. But it, it is, um, I think it, for me, it, it, because I want to be, I, it's almost like I have all of my, my, my feelers out as I walk through the city to notice all the beauty that's going around. I mean, from the crocuses to the, oh my gosh, the, the cherry blossoms are out. They're so stunning. Every bush is alive. The smells, the colors, the green. The... Our, our Asian plum right now is yeah. like 4th of July. It is exploding with color. It's so beautiful. This it's is great. really such an, an incredible time of the year. So in this season of spring yes. slash Medi- program lost <laughs> meditation month, uh, uh, so yoga has come upon you. Yes. You're, you're embracing it. Yes. And anything, what else? What else are you thinking about? Well, um, I I have this, the book that I was just sharing earlier, this 40 Days of Practice by Justin McRoberts and Scott Erickson. We should get him on the podcast. That's Scott Erickson. Hey, next time. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> um, and I, I had gotten this book several years ago. Um, I actually got it when it first, very first came out in PDF format before there was even a book. And uh, when I was traveling um, back in, I think, 2016, it came out. And then I was able to buy it hard copy, um, I think, last year. And it is beautiful. Um, the, thing I, and I, the thing I absolutely love about it is it's very, very simple. It has just a phrase and a visual that go along with it. And um, one of the things that the book talks about, and I might read just a tiny bit, is um, each each phrase has the word, it starts with the word may I. And so I'm going to read a little bit from the book. That okay. This is from, this is Justin's, wow. Justin's words. It says, in putting this book together, Scott and I assume the loving and redu- redemptive activity of the divine in, around, and through your life. In that light, framing our prayers with may I is a way to enter into the extant movement of God rather than feeling we are responsible for chasing him down somewhere we aren't yet living. So this may I is different for me. Um, okay, I'm going to continue reading. The may I language of these prayers borrows from the, now tell me if I'm saying this wrong, <laughs> Jusive? J-U-S-S-I-V-E? Sure. I've never 
read that word before in the the I'm to say Joseph Joseph mood forgive me if this is the wrong pronunciation in the Genesis creation account wherein God speaks all things into being by saying let there be the juice of mood suggests that reality should be the way God desires it, not simply because he says so, but because being shaped and ordered according to the divine will is the fullest expression of reality. Praying may I is a way to enter into the work God is already doing in, around, and through us. So I like this idea of entering in. So when the, so the phrase that, so one of the things that they say, they continue on the book is if there's a prayer that, or a meditation that resonates with you, stay there. Hmm. So there's 40 days, and um, I'm still stuck on prayer two. Nice. And that prayer is, may I cease to be annoyed that others are not as I wish they were, since I am not as I wish I was. Hmm. And that is a quite, um, I could probably be there all year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and there's a, a beautiful illustration with it. Um, so that's the prayer. That's it. So that is one phrase with mm-hmm. one visual, and I've been I've been meditating on this all week, and that could mean a variety of things. It could mean journaling. Um, it could just be something. It pops up in my mind during the day. So I I've engaged with this book, and uh, I think I'm going to try to go through it um, for the next forty days. I may only make it to prayer five. <laughs> If I decide to sit with those prayers or those particular, those particular ones that resonate with me, or not even resonate, but maybe, maybe nails on a chalkboard, because mm-hmm. that one wasn't. It wasn't something that I read and thought, "Oh, I, I love this." It was like ouch. It was ouch. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of these are ouch. Um, so that's something I'm doing. Going to do the yoga. I'm going to try to do it. At least once a week. I'd like to try twice, but once a week is kind of a big deal for me. Yeah. And then the third thing that I'm doing is just trying to get more walking in. And I wanted to read this other thing from... So we had talked a little bit about... Um, I'm going to say Thich Nhat Hanh. Very good. Thich Nhat Hanh. Thank you. Uh, and I bought this little book called How to Walk. And we had talked previously about the book How to Eat. Right. And um, this is a little book with sort of meditations before you walk so you read a little bit and then yeah i i almost bought one for you i'll be totally honest (laughs) almost well and then i was thinking oh i could i was thinking of a fun way to give it to you and then i didn't get it and then anyway yeah thanks for thinking of me i did think of you that was lame i almost bought this for you (laughs) i I almost bought you a mercedes i I almost did but but i I didn't didn't. (laughs) but i thought of it um, so when this, this particular meditation is called arriving in the present moment and it said, some of us don't need to use words to help us concentrate, but in the beginning of practice, it can be very helpful to make use of words. Hmm. They help us to be concentrated, to be in the here and the now. When you take one in breath, make two steps and say to yourself, I have arrived. Hmm. I have arrived. Take one out breath and make three steps and say to yourself, I am home. I am home. I am home. This is not a statement. This is a practice. Arrive in the here and the now and make a strong determination to stop and not to run anymore. You can say, arrived, arrived as you breathe in and home, home, home 
As you breathe out, after spending some time with arrived home, you can change to here, now, and then solid, free. So the next page says, I've arrived, I'm home, in the here, in the now. I'm solid, I am free, in the ultimate I dwell. Wow. So, I mean, that's just one. And so I've, again, I've just, that's the only one I've done in the book. So as I've been walking, anywhere I've been walking these last couple weeks since I bought the book, I have chosen to use the words. And that's really helpful. Having a phrase to dwell on is really helpful for me. So as I walk, I, I, I use the words arrive and home as I walk and breathe in and out. And it's been really uh, beautiful mm-hmm. because not only is it kind of, it, it's clearing my mind, but at the same time, this idea of embodiment that Tom talked about, of being present in our bodies, mm-hmm. um, instead of thinking of usually walking is, for most people, is getting someplace. Where am I going to? And for me, walking is more about being in the here and now. And so those words are helping me stay present in the moment. And the movement is helping me to clear my mind. So that those are the things that I've been doing in the last few weeks. So we'll see how they play out in the next few more. But they're very simple. So it's basically I'm going to yoga class, using the words arrive and home, and I'm reading this very one phrase a day. Nice. Yeah. I feel like it's doable. <laughs> well, I'll check in. I'll check in in a week. Okay. Yeah. I think uh, simplicity for me is important. Nice. Yeah. How about you? Are you what have you started doing some things uh, or a thing? Yeah, a few things. So, um my content this year is uh uh it's called Drawing Closer to Creator and Creation and Indigenous Journey. So when you say content, what does that mean? The, the reading, the reading that your I'm doing. Your reading that you're my, doing, okay. My like daily reading. And this was done by a group called Elohe, E-L-O-H-E-H. And um, the directors of Elohe, and if you can just Google that, um, they've, been, they've been mentors of mine for years. Mm. And so this is something they put together as first nations people as indigenous folk to who are trying to engage lent which is a european tradition right and how to engage that from a from a more indigenous mindset so that's been something that's been helpful i'm doing i'm reaffirming my morning routine which consists of well, I talked a little bit um, when Charlie was on about I, I have a, a walking down the stairs thing that I do every morning. It's a prayer thing. Yeah. Uh, I walk down the stairs. And then um, while I'm making morning beverage for myself and my wife, I play the daily meditation from Pray As You Go. It's a it's an app oh. that just does about a 12-minute reading and meditation and kind of talks you through some thoughts on on preparing your day that I adore and have been using hmm. for years. I so, totally want to check that pray out. Pray as you go. Pray as you go? Pray as you go. Oh, yeah. I didn't hear the as, and so it was praise you. Go. <laughs> no. Pray <laughs> as you go. go. Okay. And uh, I love that. And then um, I have a little candle lighting ceremony I do in the mornings, which maybe someday I can explain more, but I have... Mm. Um, two sort of old-looking um, candelabras that I light the candles and 
the imagery of the light springing forth and the smoke floating up towards heaven helps my imagination as a very sensory oriented mm. person. Um, and historically, the relationship between flame and prayer is is been global. Right. And so it's also a way for me to experience um, camaraderie with humanity throughout mm. time and across the globe. And then, let's see, as a family, we've decided, and I have three teenage boys, we've decided to screen fast <gasps> from sundown on Friday through sundown on Saturday every week of Lent. Wow. Yeah. That's a big deal. When you have teenagers, well, quite a teenager, 49-year-old man. I mean, we, you know, no video games, no sitting on, like, staring at your phone, no social media, no, no, no. Um, and there's a few exceptions, but, like, you can use your phone as a phone. Okay. But um, using it as an entertainment device, we're all trying not to. So we're, we're reading, we're playing games, and we're That's going fantastic. on outings. Last night, we went roller skating. Oh. <laughs> Had they been roller skating before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We okay. were roller skating a handful of times, but... I think they were more excited to go roller skating because they knew that they could use screens. Like, what the heck are we going to do all evening? We're like, let's yeah. go roller skating. <laughs> so oh, we're roller that's, skating. that's brilliant. I love it. Yeah. And then the last thing is um, Amy and I, inspired partially by you, we're doing oh. this whole dietary. Oh, the fast. Yeah, the fast and the cleanse. And we're going to, you know, clean out our colons. <laughs> get our Try and get our flora and fauna all back in order. And so we're working on that as well. Nice. So Those are get, some great things. Yeah, exciting. I love the idea of the tactileness that you, in the kind of liturgical, the the active, like lighting the candle. I think that would be really, I, I really love that idea. Yeah. Can I, can, I'm going to steal that from you. Yeah, and maybe on one of these, we'll, I'll talk through the whole thing because there's a I would, whole I would like, process really... I do with it that for me, it's just the product of years of thinking through how do I best express my inner life externally yeah and for me it does it requires movement it requires um uh memorializing the moment i love that and so there, there often are physical activities or symbolic activities that that connect with my inner life mm. i spent so many years of my life sitting in a chair with my eyes closed mm. sometimes for an hour and a half a day praying slash meditating because that's the way I was told to do it. That's yeah. the way I was taught to do it. Yeah. And as I got older, I got, I became almost offended by it. And I realized because my true self was going, that's not your most, that's not the way you were made to go through your meditative practices in the yeah. sort of still, very quiet, very sober, very somber eyes closed, remove all s sensual stimulation, you know, right. that I'm actually the opposite. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. much now, even, even standing in church, I pray with my eyes open and I look around the room and I, I try and engage the faces and it's just much more true to who I am. And I think that's one of the things that is so beautiful about, um, these different things that, you know, whether it's walking or praying or lighting a candle or, um, listening to an app like I really feel like anything that there is no right way and any any 
practice that's going to help you move into a space where you can find that that stillness um like you know for me a lot of times it's drawing like that that and for some people drawing would never be that right and so there's no prescribed thing and i think we grew up you and i both grew up in a tradition where there was kind of a prescribed way to do it and being able to just this is a good way to do it but this is the the only only way way to to do do it. it and people do it differently are wrong and they're bad exactly and being able to let go of that right. and let go of the shame around right. not being shame. able to do Because I always felt a lot of shame that I couldn't pray right. And so in some, in many, many, I think it's very human to just reject the whole practice altogether when you feel that. But being able to come back around, find new ways, um, creative ways, uh, sensual ways, tactile ways to engage, um, for me has been, been really um, life-giving. Yeah. Well, we are so excited next week to uh, next pod to have Scott Erickson on. So mm-hmm. um, look for that, and we just invite you, uh, our listeners, all you pilgrims, to to um, write us, drop us a note, tell us how you're engaging in this season. Um, we'd love to hear stories yeah. about what's been what's been something that has really um, I don't want to say the word worked, but the, what what has uh, Woken you up. Yeah, woken you, know, you up. Brought life, brought, you know, yeah. inspired you. Yeah, it would be, that would be amazing. Um, we, we always love to hear stories and, 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 um, and connect with you. So um, I think that's all we have time for today, yeah. right? Yeah, thanks right. everybody. Yeah, bye. Bye. Thank you for walking with us. To stay connected, visit us at pilgrimlost.com. Please comment, share, and respond.